Thank you so very much for having me over here. It's a pleasure to be here with you. I'm Michelle Borrell from Trinidad and Tobago. Hello and welcome to Obehi Podcast. I'm your host, Obehi Ewanfo. And I strongly believe that everyone has a story to share. Now let's get started with this episode. I am an award-winning, best-selling author, as well as a broadcaster. I am a motivational speaker trained by Les Brown, and I am also a marketer. And I've worked with international brands, as well as brands within the region that I'm a part of. And I am thrilled to be here with you. I'm a wife and mother of four. That is absolutely fabulous. That is super interesting. Uh, Les Brown is one of my greatest heroes within the area of uh, uh, self-improvement and motivation. That guy, this this son, I think I continue to to remember him every day, even when I sleep. How he started with DJ and uh, it's it's a beautiful voice. Godfather of greatness. And to think that he had, you know, he was more or less treated as someone who was denied any sort of learning and so forth or or what I prefer to say he had learning disabilities but he was able to overcome all of that and become one of the greatest motivational speakers of our generation so that is just awesome absolutely interesting all right Michelle let's try to understand you let's try to know you a little bit better so uh, you were born where tell us a little bit about your teenage years well my teenage years interesting that's when I would have started getting into broadcasting and so forth. I started hosting shows when I was about 12 or 13 years of age in school because I knew I wanted to get into media. I found myself joining all the different clubs that they would have had at school because I thought it would have given me an all-rounded sense in terms of knowledge. And I wanted that to be able to talk to anyone about anything at any time because I believed that it would have aided me in the career path that I wanted to be on. And it did. It helped me tremendously. I eventually became president of the drama club, president of the language club. I was also president of student council. I was very active in the different clubs and activities that they would have had in school. And I even won most outstanding student when I was graduating. It was an award they didn't have and they decided to put when I was getting ready to graduate, and they still have to this date. So I'm very happy about that. That's lovely. Now, if you were to describe uh, the work that you do, uh, say maybe the work that you like to describe yourself more with, what, do, what would you call it? How would you say, what, what would you say about that? I would say all things communication, because when you think about it, I'm consistently communicating, be it the mic or the pen, be it with thousands of persons, or be it behind a mic where I'm basically talking to myself, (laughs) but still talking to millions of persons around the world on air. You know, so I think it's all things communication, because even when you think of the marketing aspect of it, I'm still communicating because I'm communicating with regards to a product or brand, understanding the personality of it and being able to ensure that I Tell that story. So everything communication, all things communication. All right. That, that, that is why we're going to be spending most of our time here today. Of course, we are going to be looking. I understand that you, you have a lot of passion talking about women. Uh, that is also very important. Why not? It is right. So we, we can talk about that too. 
but first and first, how did you get into radio? I got into radio because it was a passion I had since I was probably about six years of age. And even at three, I remember my mom being up late at night listening to the radio and it kept her company at a time when she needed it most. And it was able to comfort her in ways that myself as a young child couldn't. So I think that made me fall in love with it and also being a lover of art and drama and knowing that radio is theatre of the mind. I think it interested me because the thing about radio that I love is that while someone is listening to you, they still are using their mind and they're actively engaging with their imagination to form different pictures. They're forming an image. They're thinking of what you possibly look like. They're thinking about your articulators. Whereas television, everything is just there. But I love that radio, the listener is also part of the creative process because they're forming images in their mind. And I love that you can hear it anywhere you are at any time. So how I got into radio, that love is something that stayed with me since I was about three. And when I was in school, fate would have it that I did a project for a teacher on a cassette. She loved my voice, and from then on, she started having me host all of the school shows, and that helped me keep that love going for the art form. And eventually, when I was about 16 or 17 years of age, a radio station, which I still work on today, uh, that radio station on Radio Network, they would have had a competition looking for the next star. And they said, become a star. I swore I heard my name. I swore I heard Michelle, be a star. And I was like, what? <laughs> As a teenager. And I kept listening to the ad, realizing, okay, the ad does not have my name in it. <laughs> but I sent my demo in and I won the competition. There were three winners and I was one of the three winners that they would have had at the time. And I've kept that love affair going with radio. That's very important. That is super important. Um, how do people get started with radio? Of course, we're talking about communication now. We are, okay, we're going to also talk a little bit about marketing, but the power of communication, that is owning your own voice is very important. Yes. I want to believe that you were really fully convinced about it. That is why, of course, you went for the competition and today you are working there. So help me understand, getting started on the radio, what do you want it to do? Well, the first thing you would want to ensure is that you have a great command of the English language and that you're well-versed in terms of different subject areas. And you want to stay up to date with current affairs, news, and understand who you are as an individual. I think that is very important. And I think that is what would allow anyone to last very long in the industry because it's very easy to just get caught up in the different trends that come up ever so often. But it's important to understand who you are as an individual and understand that it's important for you to be your authentic self. Persons, the mic picks up everything. So the mic knows if you're being you, if you're being fake, the mic just hears everything. And if getting into this industry, I think it's important firstly to have a grasp of who you are and what you want out of it. Have that clear plan for yourself. And then in terms of getting a job, you want to ensure that you respect wherever you want to apply, that it's somewhere where you think you can truly learn and send your demo together with your resume. But the voice and what you can do, I think, sells it before anything else. So you want to ensure that you're seen or heard. 
with regards to what you're doing because they're, they're, they're radio stations, especially like the other radio station I worked on. I never sent a demo in. I never sent a resume, but they heard my voice on an advertisement. So I would say as well, anything you do, do it to the best of your ability. They heard my voice on an advertisement and they asked the sales rep, who is that person? Who's that voice? And they called me in and I went with my resume, my demo. And he said, no, we don't need that. We already heard you. You have our job. That's it. So you 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 need to be very firm in who you are. Just whatever you're doing, put your best foot forward. But don't try too hard. Because I think when we try too hard, we focus more on trying to get things perfect as opposed to just allowing that flow to take place. And I think it's important that we allow the flow to take place. All right. Uh, you were saying uh, it is good to be authentic, to be who you are uh, in front of the microphone. And uh, yes. th that will drag out a little bit towards, uh, okay, what we were talking about just now before, the formation, because you did say that you were formed by, you, you were trained by uh, Les Brown. Yes. Uh, so With I don't know if you want to... Motivational speaking aspect. Oh, okay, motivational speaking aspect. So I don't know if you want to say anything about that because now you're going to have to motivate yourself all the time yes. and to be in front of the people and in front of the, the, the microphone, in front of the camera, whatever, and yes. speak for yourself. So tell me about that training, if you have anything to share about that. Right. The training with Les Brown, while he offered some great tips, I want to make it very clear that I would have been on radio decades before. I would have done that course with Les Brown in 2020 or 2021, somewhere around there. And it was a great course in terms of the public speaking aspect. In terms of radio, I've done several courses with different programs and so forth, but I got on radio even before that. So in terms of establishing who you are and so forth, I think no training could really give you that. They can aid, but it's some work that you have to do for yourself and by yourself, really taking the time to know yourself. I think it's important to write down. I think it's important to set your goals, have your vision board. All those things are very important. In looking back in one of my diaries, when I returned to the network that I'm a part of, in one of the diaries I had, in looking back, I was able to connect the dots and I understood how important it was to write and to have a clear goal or intention because in my diary, that would have been 16 years ago when I went back to this radio network, I had everything that I wanted clearly in the diary. I had that I wanted to be of service to others. I had that I wanted to ensure that my voice was heard and well distinguished. And I feel like I got those things, those intimate conversations that I would have had with self in my diary. I feel like everything I wrote down came to life and it came to be. And I think those things are more important than any training anybody could give. That time that you have with self in writing your goals and intentions. Mm -hmm. So if you were to say maybe what is the role of, uh, of motivation in radio production, for example, because you are going to be speaking to all the people all the time. Yes. Uh, you know, sometimes you're going to get also bad criticism from people. Because not everybody is going to like you in yes. some cases, no? True. So what would you say about that? I mean, the role of motivation in radio production. I think it's most important to focus on the light. In all things, focus on the light. 
because when you're having a good time, others have a good time too. And it's the same thing in terms of don't look for validation on the outside. And I think this takes us back to the same point in terms of the inner work, the inner workings. That's what's most important. Because in all things in life, in whatever field you're in, in whatever you do, wherever you go, everyone is not going to like you, but you're still going to have those who do, who love you, who resonate with what you're saying, who resonate with what you're doing, who feel it in the very core of their being. And in everything, especially motivational speaking, they always tell you to focus on the light in the room. And that is so true in every circumstance, in everything that you're going through in life. Focus on the light. There's always going to be that one person who might not, like what is being said, might not like what is being done. But when you focus on the light in the room, that person who's feeling what you're saying, that person who's enjoying what you're doing, that person who's following you, who's giving you that positive energy, you realize it only expands and you get more of it. Why? Because what you focus on, you attract. And where attention goes, energy flows. So just focus on the light. That's good. I'm taking some moment to digest that. all right uh michelle if you were to say this is your key message that you are using the microphone to uh, the microphone become an instrument of yours but that is a a key message a constant message of yours that you are using the microphone to transmit to the people whether in radio or in other places what would that message be there is a signature speech i have which is called drop the E in ego and go. Every time I go to speak, people always want me to touch on that. Drop the E in ego. And what I mean by that is the E in ego, I refer to that as your emotions. And emotions are very useful, but they could also be very damaging if you don't take control of them. So instead of having emotions take control of you, you have to take control of it by understanding that emotions are only visitors. So treat them well when they come to visit. Don't give lower vibrational energy emotions the master key to your bedroom. Ensure that you keep your space for yourself. Not every visitor that comes to your house, you're going to carry them up into your master bedroom. So keep with you in your bedroom, in your sacred space, that high vibrational energy of joy and ensure that you master emotions and use them to work for you instead of, them carrying you, ensure that you take control of it. And in persons that I have the opportunity of training, I always tell them, remember ACTS. And the acronym for ACTS, it is accept, control, thank, surrender. So the first thing is, apart from accepting, is acknowledging rather. Acknowledge the emotions that you're feeling. Okay, am I feeling fearful? Am I feeling angry? Am I feeling joy? Am I feeling despair? Acknowledge the emotion that is knocking on the door. Secondly, you want to take control after you acknowledge it and you recognize it for what it is, then you can take control by then speaking to it instead of of it. And when I say speak to it instead of of it, we have a tendency to say, okay, this is going on with me, that is going on with me. But if we instead take that position of control and we speak to it and we say, okay, I am feeling angry, but I'm not going to allow anger to have control over me today. I instead, I choose joy. I choose peace. I choose all good things. I claim that from this situation, it's not happening to me, but for me. I claim that this is turning around in my favor. Claim, speak to it instead of of it. 
and ensure that you keep your control because let no one or nothing beat you at you. If it is able to take away your joy, if it is able to bring you sorrow, then guess what? It has control over you. And that is why it's important to set your intention in everything you do. Set your intention as you wake up on a daily basis. Because when you set your intention, then you're better able to have control as opposed to going out into the world as an empty vessel. You can't pour into anyone or anything unless you ensure that your cup is full. And that's why I love to call the morning, your billion dollar breakfast, because it's not just the breakfast that you give yourself in the morning in terms of what you eat, but it's what you give yourself in terms of your mind, in terms of your spirit, ensuring that you're doing the things that add to your joy, add to your bliss, add to your flow, and allows you to go into the direction that will bring all good things your way, because everything is energy, and energy is everything. So that being the case, acknowledge, control, and thank there is an energy that comes in thankfulness when you set your intention and then you speak to it instead of of it. And you would realize sometimes if you feel like you're in a bind, I always love to say anytime you feel like you're sinking, start thanking. Sometimes you don't even know what you're saying thank you for because you may be on the lower scale in terms of vibrational energy. You may be feeling like you're in despair at a time, but if you start saying thank you, thank you, thank you, you realize all of a sudden as you just go within that flow of thankfulness and you say thank you, then you realize, wait, I'm saying thank you. I have a voice. Thank you for my voice. Wait, I'm alive. Thank you for life. And then as you say thank you for one thing and another, you realize there's so much more to say thank you of. And that keeps you in the high vibrational energy of joy. The first thank you, especially if you're feeling like you're going through a challenge at that moment in time, it may feel like it is difficult to bring that thank you out. But when you just voice it, when you just say that thank you and you keep it going, it creates an energy that just continues to radiate light, radiate love, radiate all the good things that are coming your way. And then finally, you surrender. And by surrendering, what you then do is accept, accept the things that you cannot change. And just know that it is working in your favor. Just know that. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> that is very that is very important. I like the way that you are intentional about it. Yeah. Um, I think Les Brown was, was talking one time in one of his videos. Of course, I've never really met him, but like I told you in the beginning, uh, he's somebody that I have a lot of regard for because I consume a lot of uh, his content online. Uh, I draw a lot of inspiration from it. So he will say one time that uh, he says to, um, to his team, uh, to his worker, if you want to put it like this, uh, that in the morning, if there is a bad news, they don't tell him in the morning. That is the time that okay. he need to rejuvenate. That's a sacred moment. Exactly. It's for him and the universe. He just need to prepare himself, prime himself to face the day. If yeah. you want, so if it's the news that is not very good, tell him after 12 uh, o'clock. But uh, yeah. by that time, he have he have set up himself. So I, I like this this idea that we have to be intentional about our life. We don't just wake up and just jump into it. We have Correct. a mission. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you want to say something about that. Oh, definitely. There's a program that I do in which I have a workshop that I label Brand You. And it's an idea that I would have had about 15 years ago. And 15 years ago, when I started in the corporate world, 
everyone would ask, how, how do you come to work happy? Like, you know, <laughs> it's work, it's a job. As Les Brown would say, job equals just over broke, right? So, <laughs> what's that smile about? And I would be like, because I start the day doing what I love. And I realized that was the difference, starting the day doing what you love. And when that secret was revealed to me about 15 years ago, I started working on this program called Brand You. And it's about ensuring persons can be high performance individuals by recognizing their personal brand. And that will help them with the professional brands that they serve by understanding that start of your day is so very important. There was a study that was done in which they researched billionaires. How do billionaires, the majority of billionaires, start their morning? And in the research that they were able to compile, they realized that all billionaires, we ain't talking millionaires here, billionaires, started their day off by ensuring they had something good to eat, yes. But even before that, they would do some form of exercise, they would ensure that they do some form of either prayer, meditation, or both, depending on what their personal belief system would have been. They also did something they love of a creative nature. And I get that because creativity connects us to our creator. And they would have also spent some time reading. And they would wake up three hours before they start their day serving people. They would have ensured they gave up. They gave themselves a three-hour head start to serve themselves, serve God within before you serve all that is taking place outside of you. And it got me thinking that is the key, ensuring that you have your own billionaire breakfast, your own sacred moment to start the day. Mornings are so very important. And as Wayne Dyer said, he said, at 3 a.m. in the morning, there's a secret that awaits you in that hour. And when you look at the average time a billionaire would wake up, it's way earlier than the average person would wake up. But they would also ensure that they get their rest. So how you open your day and how you close your day, it's very sacred and important. And it's something that we too need to adopt and ensure that we act like billionaires because you have to ensure that you, you act it. There's something children do in which we say children make believe, you know, they play. They, they dress up and you would see they're pretending to be a doctor or pretending to be a lawyer. And that's something I reflected on as well. I, and I realized, you know, from childhood, a lot of times when you see people making believe, you see them in their adult life doing the same thing that they would have pretended. Because when I thought about it, I was like, hmm, as a child, I was always trying to market a product and I was always holding a mic. I was always writing everything that I'm doing now. I used to make believe as a child and do those things. And then I, I, I examined my cousins. I reflected on them as children. And I said, you know, as children, this cousin was always doing that. And this is exactly what they're doing. So I love to refer to it as believe make. And it's something I think very important for us to understand. You have to have the belief before you can make it happen. You have to believe that it's done. It's finished. It already is. And that is how you're going to attract what you want to you. So believe, make, make that happen by believing in it, knowing that it's done. The reason that that desire is in your heart is because it's there already. And there is a quotation I love. I'm not certain who said this, but they said within the seed, the forest already exists. 
So because you have the ad, it was Dr. Miles Monroe. And <laughs> <laughs> because you have the seed, within the seed, the forest already exists. With That's another powerful, another powerful individual. <laughs> another powerful individual. I am always listening to, to Dr. Miles Monroe. Very powerful. So when you think about it, that seed that is within your heart, it's there because the forest already exists. You just have to water it. You just have to know that it, it's there. You might not be able to see what's on the inside, but if you have a red bean, you know what's coming out. So no one may be able to see that desire that you have on the inside, but you know it's there. So that's what's coming out. So once you can see it in your mind, once you can feel it in your heart, it's there. So say thank you in faith before you receive in hand. And that's where that thank you comes in. My children taught me that, especially my nine-year-old. If she asks for something, she will start saying thank you. She'll be like, thank you, mommy. Mommy, can I get this? I'll be like, sure. And it's something she's asking for six months in advance. And she'll be like, thank you, mommy. She didn't receive it as yet. But she's saying thank you in faith even before she receives it in hand. And I said, hmm, I think that's the way divine works. So long as you have that faith and you say thank you, then it means that you're doing that believe make that we spoke about. You're believing and that's what's going to make it happen. You see, Michelle, as you're talking, you know, I'm making a little bit of reflection, thinking it appears that this is the time that we are returning back to uh, point zero. That is where we are, we are turning back to where we are coming from before. By that I mean, uh, in the workplace, like uh, we have had opportunity this time, everything, the attention was actually on the work, not on the individual, no, nobody really, okay, the, the work, the employer care a little bit about you as much as they can get what they want from you. Yes. But the moment they get that, okay, you are you are out. Of course, they pay you, so they don't really owe you anything. But I believe that even in workplaces now, life in general is beginning to turn back to how it used to be, where the people was actually at the center of it. Think, for example, whether you know when the European were doing the Renaissance, no, that life because everything that happened in Europe now they have they have committed all sort of atrocity. A lot of people, millions of people, have died now. Let's think by, let's try to reflect who really are we. So they were thinking, okay, now let's put the European at the center of everything that happened in our life. Of course, they also include everything in the world, though, that they are the center of the world. But actually, what I'm thinking about is that we, at this moment, are bringing by the human being at the center of everything. And I think that is very important. And because we are not used to it, a lot of people don't find that it's, it's more like a kind of strange, no? That you tell somebody, for example, love yourself. Ah, we have been taught to love or that loving ourselves. It becomes like kind of weird. I don't know if, if you have had this kind of sensation, if you have heard people uh, uh, talk about this to you. Because I'm going to ask you, how can we overcome that? Because we are going to have to know that it is not selfish to love ourselves, to no. enjoy life. Please go. <laughs> no, it all starts on the inside. And I think um, my, Michael Jackson, MJ, said it best. I'm talking about the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. <laughs> it all I didn't know that you could even sing like this too. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it all starts, the man in the mirror. And it's amazing. When you really look in the mirror and talk to yourself, love up yourself, love up on yourself. Because the more you love yourself, 
the love you have for others, it will only increase. The more you take care of yourself, the better you'll take care of others. And by doing that as well, that's how you teach people how to treat you. Like, for example, think of it. Let's say someone is going to buy you a gift. You know what they look at? They look at how you treat yourself. Because how you treat yourself, they'll say that's what you like. So, for example, if I am buying myself Michael Kors, and I'm not saying it has to be a brand or whatever, right? Let's say I'm buying myself nice stuff, or I'm carrying myself out to certain places to eat. Then if someone wants to get me something, they're going to get me something that they believe I like because that's how I'm treating myself. So that's how they're going to treat me. And it's important that we remember that. So self-love, it could never be selfish. It's one of the most selfless things that you can do because by taking your time with yourself, you're then able to take more times, more, more time with others. It all starts on the inside. It could never be selfish. Even think of a mother taking care of her children. If a mother is breastfeeding, for you to really feed your child and give your child nutrients and to give your child the best, you have to give yourself firstly the best. You have to ensure that you eat the right food for your child to really be able to live off of you. So treating yourself well and loving yourself, that's your way of loving others. And it cannot stop there. Now, there's a difference between vanity and self-love. And what we're talking about is self-love. Even when on the plane, I know you've heard this before, they always tell you put on your own oxygen mask first. You can't help anyone until you help yourself. And this is what we're talking about, loving up on yourself in the morning, connecting with source on a morning and by doing that that's how you're able to connect with others and be more or less like the avatar like i see you i see into you and you know when you have a morning that starts with the billionaire breakfast you know when you have those mornings because then you stay in flow and everything goes a lot easier a lot smoother you know even if a hiccup comes along the way it doesn't feel like something is just going to break down all of a sudden and all things are just going to come tumbling down and crashing. It's easier because you stay in flow. All right. Now, Michelle, share with me. How did you get to the point where you are today in terms of your journey of maturity? Because as somebody listening to you and I can see that you're mature, you know what you're talking about. About you. I don't know if this is how it all started with you because here, yeah, many of the people that are listening to us, Many of them are beginners. So they look at people, they, they, look, they ask themselves, how can I climb up to also be like them? So share with them. How can they climb up the ladder to also be mature like you? Obehi, you must be a lover of music because I don't know why another song is just coming to me. <laughs> this one is Bujubantan and it's like over hills and valleys. Over hills and valleys. Slow. It's all about hills and, and valleys and that's life. Sometimes you have the lowest low and you realize in the depth of those moments, oof, I'd never want another person to ever feel like this. And sometimes it's not that your heart is breaking. Some eggs have to to break for the cake to be made. And in life, I've had many broken eggs, but it made for a good batter and a, a cake to be formed and hold together quite nicely. So don't be scared when eggs break. Just make a cake. <laughs> All right. Now, owning your voice. This is important. 
I don't know if the people around you, you do see some individual who, from the outside, you could say, oh, this one can really be able to champion their narration. Yes. They could actually speak for themselves. But you find out that they are not able to do that, maybe because they are scared, they are afraid. They are, there are a lot of things why they, they don't really do that. Mm -hmm. To those individuals who should actually, who actually love you, look at what you do, and they would like to do what you do, but they are not able to do that. What do you want to say to them? If I could do it, you could do it. There was a point in time, I remember the first time I had to read at church, it felt a bit different because when I started hosting shows at school, they would usually have me behind a curtain. And when they eventually moved me from behind the curtain, I was seeing my peers. So I was seeing other children my age. And the first time I had to read in church, I was seeing all of the, uh, these adults. So at about 14, that was a bit strange for me. And I remember standing at the front of church and I was like, and a lady in the front, an elderly lady, she was with her fan and she's like, prophesy, rocking back and forth, prophesy. <laughs> and I ran home in tears. So if I could overcome that, you can overcome anything. And it takes us back to focusing on the light in the room. We just need to ensure that we switch from focusing on who probably is giving a grimace and focus on the person who is giving you that positive energy. Focus on the light in the room. And the other thing is, okay, to make mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. Everyone makes errors. No one is perfect. There's actually perfection in imperfection. So be easy on yourself. Be easy on yourself. All right. Now, you are in the communication uh, sector, the communication industry, you know? Now, I want you to convince somebody why it is important <laughs> why it is important to master the art of communication i have said it a number of times that communication actually is everything it is because if you have something inside of you but particularly in today's economy where you don't really see the product that you are that you are buying talking of the invisible talking of the service economy no so if i don't if i don't know how to say to you there is no way you will ever know that I have something to offer you. Right. So communication in that sense is absolutely... Anyway, I want to hear from you, be an expert in this area. What is the importance of communication? Share yes. with us. Yes. Firstly, we need to understand that we communicate in different ways. We're communicating even when we don't speak. We're communicating with our energy, and that is why it's so important to set your intentions, understanding what you want to communicate just by your body language alone. Or even if you just stood in a room, what is your presence radiating? Because everything is being passed on with your thoughts even. As Bob Proctor says, our thoughts become things. And as Florence Covell Shin says, she says our words are our wants. And we need to understand with everything we think, everything we say, everything we do, everything is communicating. And one of the clear ways persons communicate as well is with images. So what image are you allowing persons to form in their mind when they're in your presence? Just think about that. That's why it's important to sit with your intentions and communicate firstly with yourself, firstly with source, and decide as well, what message do I want to send? And ensure that you're sending that message Right intention plus right action will give you right manifestation. And when we look at that diagram of communication, 
you have the sender, you have the receiver, and the sender must encode the message, and then the receiver has to decode the message, and you have to get feedback to ensure the right message would have been sent. Feedback in terms of this show would be like what comments people see on it or what people are, are writing you about, what people are telling you verbally, what are they saying in the chat and so forth. That's the way in which you're able to get your feedback to know if what you're communicating is being received well by the receiver, if the message is really being felt by the receiver. And it's important, not just in selling things, but we need to understand that everything is also sales. We're always selling. I remember meeting with another marketer and the marketer was like, I don't have to sell myself. But the important thing is you're always selling. And the faster you understand that, as my grandfather always used to say, he was a businessman, a very serious businessman. And he would say every single person you meet is a walking dollar. Always remember that every person you meet has a dollar value. Even the person you may think does not have the ability to spend, everybody has the ability to spend. They just have to believe that it's important for them to spend. They would find it. And I understand his perspective in that regard from a sales standpoint. And we need to understand that all things are sales. And sales is not a bad thing because sales is really an exchange. Even with energy, really and truly, that's a sale. But the currency is energy. It's a give and a take, but it must be an equal exchange of energy. The same way we're having a conversation now. You're sending me questions. I'm giving you answers. It's an exchange, an exchange of energy. So that communication is always taking place, not only verbally. Math, for example, that was something I absolutely could not stand until I saw math as a language. And when I saw it as a language, I understood, oh, this is just another form of communication. But when we understand that all things are communication, then we want to get better at it. And by getting better at it, you increase your stakes. As you increase your knowledge with regards to communication, you're better able to have better sales. Everything is communication. Everything is sales. And as you get better in it, you get better in other ways. You see Everything getting better. Everything is communication. All things, even what you don't see, is communication. Even someone's words, they're communicating with their body language, their articulators. Everything is communications. All things. All things is communication. Everything is communication. And communication is everything. Another thing I'm adding to it today is everything is says, and says is everything. Yes. <laughs> I'm yes. talking of says. You marketed and said your uh, your TV show. So I wanted to talk to us about that. What kind of show did you create? And tell us, how do you market it so that people can also learn from you? Sure, no problem. So the television show I had, it was called Triple F, Fashion and Food with Friends. And that led me into marketing, by the way. I was already doing sales. And from doing sales, I was getting a lot of clients who believed in what I could offer and I would give them my ideas for no additional cost because, again, intentions, right intention plus right action gives you right manifestation. And my intention in terms of any client that I met, I was always more concerned about the relationship. And I think the relationship was more important. 
Because while my grandfather would have said, everyone, there's a dollar inside everyone. At the same point in time, I believed in the energy inside everyone. And the energy is more important to me. And I want to learn about someone's business. Because as you just asked me, what could persons learn from me about the TV show? And that's how I saw it. I remember my very first client in sales. I called on the phone and I said, good afternoon. I am hoping that I would have the opportunity to meet with you. I'm calling from so, 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 so. And he said, no, no interested. I said, okay, no problem. But would it be okay if I met to just learn more about your business? I don't need to sell you anything. And my intention was to not sell him anything. I was more concerned about the relationship. And that, I'm thankful, gave me a beautiful lesson. Because when I went and I heard more about his business, and I just sat and I listened, and I think he was also hoping that I would disappear. He told me to come for 8 in the morning, and I was there by 7 in the morning. And I sat and I waited. And he passed me by and he said, let me just open up. He opened his restaurant up. And then it was about 10 in the morning, he passed by and he said, you still here? I said, yes, I'm still here. He said, well, let me just see about lunch, okay? I said, okay. And then after one, he came, oh my gosh, you still here? I said, yes. He said, all right, all right, you can come and see me now. So who knows? Maybe that was a test. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it just happened that way. But I sat patiently and I waited because I was more concerned about him as an individual. I was more concerned about his business. And I felt that having the opportunity to sit in his presence, every time you get an opportunity to sit with someone, sit in the presence of someone, you're sitting with royalty and there's some jewel that you receive from it, some treasure that you're able to find. And I sat with him asked him about his business and by the end of it he said so what did you want to sell me i said no i don't want to sell you anything i sincerely wanted to hear about your business and as promised there's nothing i want to sell you he said well i want to buy from you <laughs> <laughs> this is more interesting <laughs> yeah. and my biggest no as i always tell each person i talk to became my biggest yes and that more or less channeled or directed the way that I would go in terms of sales. I was always more concerned about the individual. And eventually the sales came, even if it did not come from what I was selling at the time, which would have been radio advertising, it came in other ways because then they may have wanted me to do something else. Okay, you're a broadcaster as well. Can you host this show? And I, I, I didn't expect it. It came in very magical and unexpected ways but i was more concerned about the individual about the business not about the sale so while everything is sales everything is still not sales <laughs> and eventually because i'm concerned about the business i'm an ideas person as well and I started making suggestions. Or if I see something, I'll say, hey, I saw so, so so taking place. I think it would be great for your business. Why not we have some banners here? Or we can do that. And when persons saw certain things that I would suggest or recommend working, then they wanted me to do more for them. And they were like, okay, I know you do radio sales. And I know you write radio ads. And I know you can voice radio ads, but do you think you can also 
take care of my television? And they said, sure, no problem. Yes, I can. <laughs> I Just ask, I'm ready. Yes, I'm ready. I'm ready. And the videographer that I started working with, with the television ads, he said, you're getting so many television ads. Why don't you do your own television show? Because it's going to work out cheaper for your clients as well if you do your own television show and you buy the time from the television station. Then it would work out better for them and it would work out better for you. And I said, you know what? Okay. So then the videographer asked me, he said, well, what would you call the show? What do you want to do? What do you love? That's, that's all he asked. What do you love? I said, well, I love food. I really love food. I would love for someone to just fill me and I can eat and eat and eat. And he said, okay, I know you love food, but I don't think someone would just want to see you eat and eat <laughs> and eat. So maybe the show could have something else in it. I said, well, you know what? I also love people. I love people. And I think that there is something within each person that we could learn. So why not I have food and I sit and I talk to persons? I said, and I love fashion too. So let's put that in. Ah, I know what. Let's call the show Triple F, Fashion and Food with Friends. And that's how it started. And we would go to different restaurants. We would also go to street food. So it will show that you can chat with someone in a casual setting or you can chat with someone in a more intimate setting. But whatever form that conversation may take, it's still so very valuable. And I started selling the show for myself because I was already doing sales. And I started marketing the, sh marketing the show on my own. And by the second season, we started filming in other Caribbean islands. We started filming in Jamaica and so forth. And the only reason I stopped the show is because one of the persons that started advertising on the show and started booking radio ads with me and asking me to do their television as well and that I was giving ideas to was an international brand. And they said, our marketing person left. And you're already giving such great ideas. We started winning awards with some of them. We love your ideas. We love the energy that you bring. We are not sure if we could have you on because as a consultant, we know what we pay you. And that's not what we give as a salary. And I said, you know what? But I did see that marketing person traveling nearly every other week. Sign me up. I'll do it. <laughs> you're ready. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I, I because it was a food brand and I wanted to do really well with marketing I wanted to give it my all I said let me put that show on hold and just ensure that I advance in the marketing realm of things and that's how everything developed one thing led to the other and that's how beautiful life is it was Steve Jobs who said it is in looking back that you're able to connect the dots and for me, in connecting the dots, it started with a no that transformed into yes, because I had yes energy. It is full of inspiration. All right. Now, what is the situation of the of the TV show now? I think, uh, what, what is the situation? Is it still existing? Has it transformed? What, what, is the, what is the level? That television show, it would have been 15 years ago. And I've had 15 years as a marketer. So that is what I focused on. I focused on marketing. 
and established my marketing career in which now I'm developing my marketing company. So I've had brands now that I started working with in Australia, some brands in Florida and right here within the Caribbean as well. So I opened a marketing company as well as a publishing company and an NPO. That's super. That's super. <laughs> That's super. Now, talking of marketing, where do you see some beginners marketers get it wrong? Because I think marketing now is going to be everything. Wanting to sit in an office, that's where you get it wrong. Marketing is an outside job. And I think it's important that you learn about the different tools that you're going to be using for your clients. I think a lot of newbies in marketing, they come in, they would have gotten their degree, learned how to do this, the theory of it. But when it comes to the practical, I think it's a lot more difficult than they would have expected because it's a hands-on job. It's not a sit-down-in-the-office job. Yes, you have to sit down in the office. You have to analyze the data that is coming to you, but you have to be out there because you have to ensure that you are on the ground and you understand what is the beat of the environment that you're serving. You really need to understand your product inside out, and you can't do that by just sitting in an office. So I think a lot of persons, they have an approach in which they would then hire an agency. I mean, I wouldn't mind because I have a marketing company now, so <laughs> you can sit down and be comfortable, but learn about your tools and truly understand it. I've witnessed marketers, some of them saying, oh, I don't do social media. You're a marketer. You need to do everything that is about marketing. Because remember, even if someone is a social media manager and you'd hire someone for that, it's still under the umbrella of marketing. So you need to know, just like in a business, you may have a business, but your workers would respect you more when they know that you know that you know that you know every aspect of that business inside out. And I think that's how it needs to be for marketers. The same way, my love for radio, I think is what spilled into every area that I serve because my love for radio, I wanted to not just know about being a broadcaster or an on-air personality. I did sound engineering. I did sales. I understand traffic. I worked for free in the newsroom. I did newscasting. I understood every aspect of the business. Even if they would ask me, hey, could you hold on for the receptionist? I'll be like, yes, I can. I would go all <laughs> Obama for them. For everything is like, yes, I can. You know? Be willing to learn about every aspect of the business. And it's the same in terms of marketing. Know too about the subcategories that fall under marketing. You want to ensure that you are an authority on it. And if you're in a situation, even if a member of your team had to leave today or tomorrow, you're able to fill in because you know it. And you're able to also support. But marketing, first and foremost, it's not just a desk job. And people need to get that. You have to love people. That's important too. That's important because the data you're analyzing, it gives you an idea of people. So you need to be able to get into minds to be able to manipulate purchases. Why do you use that word, manipulate purchases? Expand on it, please. The reason I say manipulate, because in reality, every time you look at an ad, the intention behind the ad is because they want you to buy something. So to understand that, you need to understand who's your target. Who are you selling this to? So what is it 
that you would need to focus on that would inspire that purchase. All right. That, that is clear. It's true. Yes. It's true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, for example, Apple. I always love uh, looking at the, the history of Apple and the ads that they would have done. While everyone was saying, buy this, buy that, save, 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 Apple was more or less appealing to emotions. They were saying, hey, do you believe in this? We believe in this. Do you believe in this? Do you believe in that? Do you believe? What What do you believe? Well, if you believe in that, we do too. So they created a, a, a trend by ensuring that they attracted their tribe. So it appealed more to emotions. So it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a better product, but people, they didn't just buy the product. They bought what the product represented. So marketing is a powerful one. Very. But, but I'm going to beg you for one thing. Sure. Tell me, how did you learn about marketing? My grandfather. Yeah, yeah. My <laughs> Since I was, as I said, everything really started with me for very at a very young age. My grandfather used to lecture on marketing, sales, as well as public speaking. And I think being in his presence inspired me tremendously. When he started the very first year around Toy Story in Trinidad and Tobago, he would sit down with me every night and he would share with me exactly what he did and how he did it. Everything for him was marketing, sales, business, and every single night. Since I was probably three, as young as I could remember, he would sit me down and share with me these different business stories or life stories or life lessons that he would have. And I remember his store, he would share with me. He said, Michelle, when we started Elsa's for Toys, we had one item, just one item, not several in that one item. We had just one thing. He said, and I understood that people would want to see full shelves. They wouldn't want to just see one item. So I wrapped up empty boxes and I placed these empty boxes on the shelves. And when I had my first customer walk through the door, I carried them to the one item. And as I sold them that one item, I took the money I invested and then I got others. And I kept that going until eventually, instead of empty boxes filling the shelves, I had products. And then what he did, he was the first person in Trinidad and Tobago to start advertising on the front page of the newspaper before no one ever did that. And this is decades ago, probably about 40 or more years ago, before I was even born. And so it could be 50 years then. <laughs> and he said he would realize every morning when someone was holding up the newspaper saying, newspaper, newspaper, get your newspaper. He thought, hmm, someone doesn't even need to buy the newspaper to see my ad. There was no cost attached to it. So they sold it to him very cheap. And today that's the most important part that you would get in the newspaper because it's the front page. And that's where he started to advertise because he knew that even if someone could not or did not buy a newspaper, they would always see his ad. So he had those human billboards. And the other thing he did, he was the first person in Trinidad and Tobago to have a vehicle painted and branded with his company. I kid you not, every single school, and this is probably why I don't get easily embarrassed, every single day for school, 
he would drop me and it would be in his vehicle that was painted with loads of toys with a huge banner saying Elsa's for toys at the top of the vehicle. And his thought pattern was that he wants to attract children. So the children have to ask their parents about toys. And wherever he went, children would always see this car, identify this car and say, I want a toy from Elsa's for toys, which is what happened. And then he started putting banners on the highway and it wasn't legal as yet. <laughs> so every morning he would put them up and every night authorities will take it down. So every morning he would have a team put it up and every night they would take it down, but it already served what he needed it to serve because every morning as persons were coming in the traffic, they would see the signs and they would know get your toys from Elsa's for toys and also about community so that there is the corporate social responsibility part of the marketing segment. He was always a big part of the community and they referred to him as the godfather of St. James because his store was the first store in what is now known as the city that never sleeps, which is St. James in Trinidad and Tobago. So my grandfather talking to me about all those things, even sales, the moment I could speak, he had me selling in the store. <laughs> and he, I remember, would teach sales by holding a pen and saying, tell me about this pen. And you had to point out the features of the pen and what's so beneficial about the pen. And there was one day, and I'll just share with you legacy building, because one day I was on a flight and the air hostess wanted to put my carry-on all the way to the back because there was no more room where I was sitting. And she was insistent on it. And I said, excuse me. I said, I know there is room to the back, but I'm sitting to the front. So if you put my carry-on in the back, then I'm going to keep back the entire flight when it's time to exit. So would it be okay if you placed my carry-on in the first class section? Because then if you did that, I wouldn't keep anyone back and you'd have a steady flow. So I'm just concerned about what would happen on your flight. So in order to avoid that, do you think that you can put it in the first class? And she was there like, oh, yeah, okay, I could do that. So the gentleman next to me, he said, wow. You're a great Genial. person. How did you do that? And I said, well, my grandfather is John Borrell. I must know about sales and marketing. And he said, John Borrell? I said, yes. He said, John Borrell, Elsa's for Toys? I said, yes. Now, I was quite far away from home. I was in Texas coming back home. And the gentleman said, do you know I'm an international speaker? I teach people about sales and marketing as well as public speaking. But do you know everything I know I learned from your grandfather? I was like, what? He said, yes, your grandfather taught me sales and marketing and I'm coming into Trinidad. I live in Texas now and I'm coming into Trinidad because an insurance company there hired me to lecture to their sales team, their agents. And I'm teaching them everything your grandfather taught me. And I was like, Wow. wow. <laughs> and he, he carried my grandmother. My grandfather passed away already by that time, but he carried my grandmother and I for tea. And I was happy we did that because shortly after she passed away, but I was happy that she was able to hear how far her husband's in, impact would have reached. A, a gentleman in Texas flying into Trinidad 
being hired internationally to do all of this, all of what my grandfather taught him. That is a powerful story. Yes. A really powerful story. Of course, I'm not going to ask you to talk anything about storytelling today because you already did it, but let's pretend that that was the question <laughs> because this is a really powerful story. Now, uh, talking of says, are there bad and good says? Maybe when you look at uh, marketers out there, sorry, not actually sales, I'm talking of marketing. Yes. Are there good marketers uh, or bad, and bad marketers out there? What do you want to say about that? I think everyone has the potential of being a good marketer. Again, everything starts with how you view persons, having that internal work. I have seen marketers who would outrightly say, mm, I don't like people, but what, what you don't realize more than anything else the people would be who would buy your product or your service. So you have to love people. You have to love people. And I think that's where it starts from. I think being a good marketer or being good at anything you do, it, it's that you have to love it. And to love it, I think you need to spend time with yourself in knowing that you're getting into what you love, doing what is your calling, what is your purpose, what is your passion. And that's the important thing. You have to love it. Being a good marketer starts from loving it and in anything this is why i love that word love <laughs> it, it's powerful though <laughs> yeah it is it's a very powerful word and should never be misused but when i was researching the word love because i love the etymology of words a lot of love there in that one sentence and you'll find out why love comes from a latin word that actually means to know and it got me thinking Okay, so then to love someone is really to know someone. To love something is to really know something. And if you're saying, okay, you're not a lover of people, then when you really think of it, you're saying that you don't really know people and you don't really know people because you do not know yourself. But when you know yourself and you spend time with self, you'll know people because we're really not that different. We're different, but yet not different. And because that is the situation, it appears to be simple, but it's not as simple as it might appear, you know? Yes. Yes. Um, Always so many I, layers to everything. I thank you. Marketing calendar. Now, as marketer, <laughs> I get high on my own supply, by the way. I would do a SWOT analysis on myself ever so often. I would do a marketing calendar for myself, not just for the products that I serve, but I would think of, okay, what are the different categories? What are the different, you know, labels in terms of Michelle? If I'm setting the year, I would look at a marketing calendar for Michelle. What do I want to do? What are the different talents that I have? And that would be listed as my products or my services. What do I want to promote at each part of the year? Set your intentions. That's what marketing is all about. Set your intentions. <laughs> Understanding your target. Understand. I stick to it. Pardon? You set the goal. I mean, you set the goal and you stick to it. Yes. <laughs> all right. Now. Uh, to be able to achieve your goal uh, in marketing, what do you want to say about the strategy? Yes. Do you just need to go there and start burning the energy, hoping that you can get, you can achieve it, or do you need to have a kind of clear, strategized way to achieve it? Tell us about your strategy. You'd have to have a very clear strategy in terms of, firstly, understanding your target, understanding your product. All right. So, what is your product? Who is the target market for your product? What's their age? Where are they located? What's their earning bracket? Who is your target market? 
That's what you need to understand. Is it a business to business sale? Or is it an individual sale? Or is it that this is a product that could be a product that could be shared for different target markets? But how are you going to appeal to each audience? Because you can't speak to each audience the same way. Like, for example, if you're speaking to an adult, it may be different if you're explaining something to a child. You'll give them the same love energy, but you may probably phrase things differently because you understand the audience that you're speaking to. And that's what you need to understand. Who is your target? Because by understanding your target, you get a sensing of who your audience is. And once you know that, then you will understand how to communicate with them. What are their likes? What are their interests? How could you be seen? For example, there's a little thing that they would say in terms of sales and marketing, and they say people buy what they see. So how do you ensure that you're seen? By understanding your target, you would have an idea of what their routine is. What do they do on a day-to-day -day basis? Where can you find them? Where are they? How could they see you? And then you would understand what tools you need to make. Is your target in traffic on a daily basis? Are they making a commute from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m.? What are they passing on the way to work? What area are they in? Would the product be easily available for them in this area? Are they listening to the radio? What radio stations are they listening to? What time would they more or less be listening to that radio station? Are they reading the newspapers? Dependent on what target market it is. Or is it that they are looking at online news? Or is it that they're not looking at news at all and they're probably gravitating towards certain influencers? Could I pair this product with any possible other products or brands, would it be paired well with another brand? Would I be able to then have some sort of feed into that brand's audience and ensure that their fans translate into fans for this product or service, right? So you have to understand the tools, what the tools are used for. And the most important thing, again, it's all about the people understanding your target audience, who they are, what do they do, where are they, how can you find them? What motivates them? And therefore, what would motivate, manipulate, or inspire, or get that purchase? And let me share with you how public speaking ties in. Usually in public speaking or motivational speaking, what they'll share with you, anything you say, say it three times, but three different ways. The same thing, more or less, can be translated into marketing. So you want to say something, and you want to ensure that you're seen or heard in three different ways. You want to ensure that you have yourself a layered calendar or a layered plan with different tools that you would use. Or while you'll have your push, you also want to have your pull. What's going to bring people into your location? And then once they're there, you may, let's say, bring them in with a, a lower price point. And then once they get there, you want to push a higher price point so that you're able to increase your ticket average or your sales from what you would be able to receive from that consumer. So it's all about intentions and what you want to get out of it. And also in business, apart from just selling a product or service, it's understanding what need do you fulfill? Thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. It's my pleasure. Oh, thank you, sister. That is really very interesting. Now, because we started the conversation with motivation and actually 
communication, but of course we will chip in a little bit of motivation. Yes. Would you say that there is any direct link between marketing and motivation? Is there anything we can trace there? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Because between marketing and motivation, remember you're motivating sales when it comes to marketing. And when you're motivating sales, you're motivating a purchase through what? People. So when it comes to motivation, in terms of motivational speaking, you are motivating people. But it's the same thing with marketing. You are still motivating people, just in a different way or on another side of the coin. It's all, all right. within the same vein. All right. That's great. Now, tell us about your marketing agency, your business, your company. Tell us what you offer and what people can benefit by, by connecting to you. By connecting with you, actually. <laughs> sure. It's called Michelle Morel Media. And in terms of connecting with me, I don't just see businesses. I see people. And that is what is important. And we have a team of people who see people. So we understand the brands. And we see the brands and the personality of the brands. And we're able to communicate that effectively. And we are more concerned about building the relationship with the persons that we have the honor of serving. That's what's most important to us. And by you growing, it helps us to grow. So we are focused on ensuring you grow, either as an individual or as a brand or business. So we work not only with businesses, but also with individuals who want to better their personal brand. How are they able to bring that forest that's within the seed called them on the outside and in terms of the business how is someone able to grow their sales and their transactions so it is understanding things from the inside out what type of company should contact you for business for collaboration we have various companies we have everything from spas to financial services we also have different businesses that we, we have another marketing company as well that would use us for other things. They focus on outdoor marketing and we help them to service their clients in other ways as well while their focus is outdoor marketing. We also have a spa that has been able to grow tremendously since we've been working with them and we have a financial institution who continues to really love what they've been getting from Michelle Borrell Media. While the individual clients that we serve, we do so by offering as well one-on-one -on -one courses and workshops as well that we offer. The Brand You is, I think, our signature, that Brand You workshop. And it's something that we share with other marketing individuals, usually come for it or persons wanting to develop their personal brand. Because when someone is able to work on their personal brand and get their inner voice to really be heard by themselves and then by extension others, they perform better. They are high performance individuals because of it. So especially individuals can benefit from that. And there's a website as well, www.michelleborrellmedia.com and persons can receive more information there. And we break it down in terms of both the individual aspect and the professional aspect in which you can see different packages, different workshops, different courses that are offered. So it is not just consultation. We can also do everything from concept to execution. All right. That's great. And that is powerful. That is enough reason why people should contact you. Of course, if they want to expand, no? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. No. Now, what would be uh, your kind of recommendation for people who want to get started in communication? And of course, 
uh, also in uh, in marketing because yes. if you don't market yourself nobody will know that you have anything yep. out there so give us a strategy to get started there is a difference why do you eat chicken eggs as opposed to duck eggs well duck eggs i'm told duck eggs are actually better but the reason we eat chicken eggs because of duck eggs is because when the chicken lays the egg it makes noise although the duck makes the better egg the duck doesn't make noise so we eat the chicken eggs because the chicken makes noise so make some noise <laughs> <laughs> this is so powerful <laughs> make some noise this is good to share <laughs> thank you for this thank you so much now is there another thing you would like to add to the conversation because you really have been very beautiful here thank you so much i just want to add that the important thing is that you're yourself as my grandfather always used to say imitation is suicide and i love to add to it imitation is suicide so do you with pride and that is important because when you think about it you're denying the world yourself don't be one of those persons who are walking around who is dead even before allowing your body to hit the ground while alive be alive and enjoy every single moment that you're blessed with you're never going to get it back so enjoy it and just ensure that in all things you stay thankful and when those challenges come your way know to start thanking anytime you feel like you're sinking and when you say thank you for one thing and another you would realize there's so much more for you to be thankful for and that yes energy only continues to build so say yes to you say yes to your goals say yes to your dreams say yes this very moment thank you for that <laughs> i appreciate it thank you thank you it's been <laughs> a pleasure obehi i thank you so very much for inviting me and Thanks i know to you, you. Les Brown. So as Les Brown would say, it's been a plum pleasing pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That is a powerful bar. <laughs> it inspires all of us. It's <laughs> powerful. I said, I have to have my own ending. You know, I, I usually start with sweet soul, but in closing, I always end with love and light. Love and love light. and light. Yeah, yeah there is nothing better than that. Thank sure. you so much. Thank you. <laughs> If you enjoy this podcast, make sure you subscribe so you never miss any of our future episodes. Rate and review Obehead podcast and share with your friends who might need it. I remain Obehead A14. Thank you so much for listening and talk to you in the next episode.